0: This is a podcast where I talk to people with disabilities to hear their stories. I wouldn't expect anyone to know what life is like for someone who can't walk, can't see, or can't hear. But we have a responsibility to learn and grow throughout our lives, and this podcast is meant to help to see what life is like for someone on the other side. Welcome to Ability. On this episode, I talk to the author of James Ticking Time Bomb. On this episode with Tylea Flores, let's get started. So, thanks so much for being here with me. I really appreciate it.
1: Uh, It's an honor to be to be here today.
0: So, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, my name's Tylea Flores. I'm the author of James' Ticking Time Bomb. I started writing when I was 15 but didn't publish my first book till I was 16 years old. I have cerebral palsy, spastic cerebral palsy. It affects my left side. I was born on July 7th, 1995, and I weighed one pound, two ounces, and doctors. Thought I would never make it, but I defeated the odds, and now I'm just living life as a writer. my inspiration for writing started after the tragic death of a longtime friend, and that's when I needed to find a healthier way to express myself. And I found that through writing. So, and ever since then I've been writing.
0: Why writing? Not why not painting, for example, just
1: Because for me, painting is if you if you just paint uh, one picture, the story is over. But with writing, I can share many stories and the story will never be over, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So that's where that comes in. Although I did paint for a, a few years for a hobby, but I painted um Kim Possible and like D- Disney characters and such, but not nothing that was like wow per se
0: that's really cool
1: yeah i'm a huge huge disney fan so anything related to disney i like learning about it i like learning the history of it one of my goals is to pitch a show to disney that i'm working on currently so i can't let out the details of the show but i'm working on it currently so it's a working process along with that i mean. I'm in college through the University of Hillsdale in the state of Michigan. I'm taking their free online courses where I'm able to get my certifications for classes that I'm taking currently. And I just got done with a with a class about Jane Austen studying the history of her because I'm a huge fan of her work along with Nicholas Sparks. And J.K. Rowland's work. So I guess that's all, like, like all you you need to know about me. Besides the fact that I am a writer, I also like to spread awareness for cerebral palsy. Because when it comes to the adult standpoint of cerebral palsy, because I feel like there's a lot of awareness for kids, but there's not a lot of awareness for adults. So that's where my writing comes in also. Because I like to write about the topics that people won't necessarily talk about or they're afraid to talk about. But it needs to be talked about.
0: Yeah, I've read through your blog and I noticed how a lot of it is very personal and stories from your life. It's really neat to read and get a picture of who you are through your writing.
1: Thank you. I mean, I feel like sharing my life experiences on my blog, whether it be a good experience with cerebral palsy or a bad experience, it's a good thing because I want to be the author that's very, that uses her writing as a tool to help inspire others through their journey with any disability, whether it's autism, cerebral palsy, uh, ADHD, with any disability, I want people to get more in depth with their disability i don't want people to be afraid about what others may think of them you know so that's why i i share my life experiences like for example a couple a couple months ago i wrote an article on um on um six with cerebral palsy and i published it and My grandma brings it up at my birthday party the other day, and uh, I got extremely embarrassed about it, but at the same time, I'm like, that's what it's all about, educating people on what goes on in the cerebral palsy world when it comes to adults, and bringing awareness. So that's why I share my personal experiences.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have a dumb question, then we'll get back to the real stuff. Uh, what What is your thoughts on cerebral palsy versus cerebral palsy? I've heard you pronounce it two different ways, and I've heard a lot of people pronounce it differently. This is something I've sat around to think about.
1: I think it's a very hard word to pronounce. I think people have their own ways of pronouncing it, and to make it easier, I just say CP, but I've really never thought. I've never really thought of it, um, being as mispronounced. It's cere- it's cerebral palsy in Spanish. It's much harder to pronounce, so I don't feel bad when I mi- mispronounce the disability. I mean, I don't mean to. It's just over the years, it's just uh, difficult to pronounce it.
0: Oh no, you know, like I wasn't saying that you were mispronouncing it. Most people call it cerebral or cerebral palsy. I. It's just something I think about because when I look at the word it's spelled cerebral. So I you know, like it's just something I think about, not in a judgmental way, but in a English pie concept kind of way.
1: Yeah, I, I, I could get what you're saying on that, because it's cerebral palsy, not the other way around. But it doesn't it does it doesn't really bother me much. No, what bothers me about cerebral palsy is the way doctors had, had has labeled cerebral palsy to be quite honest because i've gone to a couple of doctors and specialists that label cerebral palsy as a disease and it's not a disease it's a condition so that's something that people need to start understanding it if they want to be like involved in our community and like the problem with the way the media portrays our condition it's like they make it seem like we're suffering and we're living.
0: Explain the difference between the disease and the condition argument. Why does that bother you for someone who hasn't heard that before?
1: Because a disease is when you have a, a disease like cancer. You're going to, you're going to, uh, doctors feel as if you're going to die and with cerebral palsy, a condition. You can, you're, you're not gonna die. You just have something different about you. And it, and it's not an illness, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not as serious as people think it is.
0: So your issue was more with the connotation and less of the definition.
1: Yeah, the connotation, the misconceptions of it. And it's always, it's always been that way for me, because people come up to me in stores and they're like you have cerebral palsy like poor you like no not poor me i'm living my life so that's that's what i feel it is in my personal opinion
0: because the definition of a disease is just a specific sign or symptom that affects a specific location (laughs) <laughs> Which is pretty broad, you know, you know. That's why I was thinking about it.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I could I could agree to what you're saying, and in every way, cerebral palsy has just made my life very interesting. It, it really has. I mean, I've gotten to do so much, so so much things because of my cerebral palsy. I've been able to inspire the world. I've traveled everywhere. My parents never saw my disability as an obstacle. So if that makes sense, you know, because some parents see it as an obstacle, but my parents never did.
0: When did you first realize you were different?
1: I've always known that I was different, but I think is when I left um um my preschool at United Cerebral Palsy in New York, and I went to public school. At, P- at PS1 Elementary School, where I was the on- only girl in my class in a wheelchair, besides my my friend Daniel, who passed away. um, And I was the only one in the class picture with uh, braces on my feet, because at the time, of us taking the class picture, I think Daniel was absent, and that class picture reminds reminded me that I was different from everybody else in the class, because I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in a yellow, I'm sitting in a yellow chair, and I have my uh, AFOs on my feet, and um, I couldn't bend down like the rest of the class, so that's when I realized that I was different from everybody else in society
0: what was grade school like for you
1: grade school because i went to grade school from kindergarten all the way to 10th and then i was homeschooled grade school was hard for me it was extremely hard for me i was i was um bullied a lot through it i wasn't getting the necessary help that i needed Teachers didn't understand my disability as well, and it was just really hard because I felt as if every day that I was walking through the halls, especially in my freshman year of high school, that I was being labeled automatic. The teachers stopped giving me extra time on my work, they would tell me I was never going to be anything in life, and they would just taunt me every day because I was different. At some point I would come home every day crying and then one day my my mom had enough. She decided to pull me out of the public school system and she started homeschooling me and I graduated with a with a standard diploma and now I'm in college and I published a book through that process. So So there goes that with public school. I mean I I have one teacher from middle school that uh, impacted my life, but that was the only good thing about me going to public school, so.
0: I'm sorry you had such a time in, a hard time in grade school. I didn't have such a hard time. I went to public school, and it wasn't all roses, but I had a much better time, so I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Oh, it's okay. Now, now I'm able to take that experience that I had, and I'm able to talk about it, and some way, you know? So that's a good thing. And actually you wanna know something that's really really cool? When I published my book, I went back to the same school where all the teachers doubted me and gave them all copies. And wrote thanks for not believing me, Talia Flores. And that was a cool that was a cool thing to do. And now they all keep in contact with me via Facebook. They all read my writing so that's cool. They all learned from their mistakes, I guess.
0: You mentioned the book. What made you want to write a book, and what made you pick that topic and genre?
1: So what made me want to write a book was the death of my best friend Daniel, who was a friend of mine since pre-K. We met in United Cerebral Palsy Elementary School, if you call it, because they started me at the age of three going to school because they thought that I would be delayed. And we met there and we, we, we were close throughout, throughout the years. But then when I moved from Florida to New York, I had lost contact with him for several years. And then he contacted me on MySpace. And then that was when he told me, hey, I've been diagnosed with a brain tumor. The doctors don't know how long I have. Sadly, he passed away shortly after being diagnosed, and I was very angry. I was very very upset being 15, being very young. I thought it was my fault that he had passed away, and I decided to write James Ticking Time Bomb, which is about a teen father that discovers he has cancer, and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do before his time runs out. And ever since then, I've been, I've, been, I've been writing. But later on in life, I decided that I needed to start writing about cerebral palsy and advocating towards the things that matter. So that's where that idea came in from. That's where that inspiration came from. And I just stuck with it.
0: I guess the summary never really clicked in my head until just now. So it's about a father who, uh, who is 13 years old was diagnosed with a brain tumor correct Mm-hmm. why 13 that's a really young age to be a dad that's that's a rough go of it
1: well i really wanted the book to be traumatic to be honest i really wanted james to go through a rough life i really wanted him to have that mother figure which was pamela and i really wanted to Let the message be known that, yes, you may go through obstacles in life, but at the end of the day, you have the people that love and care about you the most. And I think everybody goes through that point where they try to figure out what they want to do in their life.
0: Well, normally being 13 years old and being a dad is not normal. (laughs) It's not something that happens very often.
1: Yeah, that's not... Maybe 16, but 13... Thirteen, like I said, I wanted the book to be different and dramatic. I wanted it to catch readers in. Cause originally he was gonna be sixteen, but then I thought about it. Like, what if he's thirteen? It it would be so much better.
0: I mean, like he went through puberty and then went to town. Like,
1: <laughs> I don't, I don't recommend any teenagers have sex. You know, but hey, things in life happen.
0: What was your relationship like with your parents?
1: My relationship with my parents is awesome. My relationship with my parents, I grew up with my mom and stepdad, but I call him dad because my biological father was never around. Me and my mom have always been extremely close. Me and my stepdad have always been extremely close. I have a stepbrother, and he just had a had a baby boy on my birthday so i'm officially an auntie but my the relationship with my parents is really really good they guide me they encourage me they listen to me and it's my family's just great
0: i hope your brother's older than 13
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes he he is he he's 20 21 (laughs) he is
0: yeah that sounds much better
1: yeah, that, that sounds much better.
0: If you could have any job, if education, cost, or physical ability were not a factor, just pure enjoyment, what would you most like to do?
1: Well, if I wasn't uh, physically disabled, I would go into the military, um, do my employment there, but... Since I have a disability and I have the gift for writing, my dream job would be to go work for Nickelodeon or Disney and work on animation.
0: That's awesome. Why animation?
1: Because I, I feel as if animation tells a story of your own and you could create anything you want, and that intertwines with writing as well. And I always love the idea of cartoons and Walt Disney and Nickelodeon, and it's just cool.
0: At this point, I'd recommend Disney. I don't feel like Nickelodeon's animation's been doing too hot lately, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, me neither, and plus they're present the president after 30 years just left? Ugh. Talk about big politician and big politics and all type of stuff, but I I was thinking to go to a program that Disney has for young writers where you can go write for them.
0: Well, on the bright side, Nickelodeon will probably make even more seasons of SpongeBob, so...
1: (laughs) Oh, don't don't even get me started with that. That's like their cash cow. That's like their Mickey Mouse.
0: That's their longest-running series by far.
1: You know who just left? Which Hartman from the fairy odd parents just left Nickelodeon. Yeah, he
0: left earlier this year, didn't he?
1: And Dan Snyder parted ways.
0: I mean, in fairness, I haven't cared about Fairly Odd Parents for a very long time, so <laughs> although Danny Phantom was great.
1: Yeah, Danny Phantom was awesome. I always wanted to be like him, going ghost.
0: <laughs> who inspires you or who do you look up to?
1: Who do I look up to? Well, first off, my mom, because when she had me, she was just a teenager, and she's gone through so much, so I give her power. I look up to J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter, because I feel like she's gone through a lot to get where she is. I look up to Jane Austen and Nicholas Sparks, because Jane Austen, she... She started writing young too, and her work is phenomenal. And Nicholas Sparks, I just look up to him because he is a he is a uh, powerful writer that writes the most beautiful romance books you could ever read. My favorite book of his is Dear John and Walk to Remember, and I actually got to meet him on his book tour for The Longest Ride. Which which was awesome. I was starstruck. It was like meeting a little girl. It was like a little girl meeting Justin Bieber for the, for the first time. But I was like, thank you for inspiring me, Mr. Sparks. And then I walked off. I couldn't really say much to him because it was like a one second thing. But yeah, that was a pretty cool experience.
0: What brings you joy?
1: What brings me joy is my family, my writing, and getting emails from parents that say, well, the the article that you wrote helped my child, or getting messages from older people with CP that have said that their articles have, that my articles have helped them get through something difficult in their life. So that brings me joy and my faith for for the Lord Jesus Christ as my savior brings me joy and being close to God and my family and everything else that I have in my life
0: what do you consider your biggest accomplishment
1: what do I consider my biggest accomplishment publishing a book at 16 like that was a huge huge accomplishment for me and I was very emotional when I picked up the copies of the book and I was screaming outside of my car window like yes I'm an author yay like I was just so happy so that's my biggest accomplishment along with being able to inspire others and continuing my career I mean I'm currently working on a second book that is not a sequel to James Ticking Time Bomb it's more Related to cerebral palsy. That's all I can say at the moment. But yeah, I think publishing my first book was my biggest accomplishment.
0: What is the biggest challenge you've had to overcome?
1: The biggest challenge I had have had to overcome is accepting the fact that I am different. Like especially this year, um, was a hard as a as um. As I was 22 years old, it was hard for me to accept my cerebral palsy because you tend to see your friends that are able-bodied move out of their parents' house, get engaged, like be able to do all these things, go to college. And I had to come to the realization that, yes, I'm 22, I want to get out there, but it's harder because I'm different, and I had to find loopholes on how to deal with it. And people labeling me in society, like I constantly have this fear of people labeling me in society, like "oh, she's handicapped" or "she's different from others." But I just had to accept that I was who, who I was was perfect, and I wasn't broken in any way. So,
0: what's your hope for the future?
1: My hope for the future is to publish my second book. Eventually, I want to go work for Disney, like I said, and eventually, I want to bring more awareness to cerebral palsy. I want to see the White House go green for cerebral palsy awareness month I want to see government offices go green for cerebral palsy awareness day and month. So my purpose for the future is my hope for the future is to get in more involved with um the politics the politic part of spreading awareness for cerebral palsy because we need to be heard as a community and as a nation because cerebral palsy is the most common condition um, regarding children and adults. And there's very little awareness about it. You don't see commercials for it come the month of March for Cerebral Palsy Awareness Day in October. You don't see much of it. So my goal is to get more involved in the advocacy part of cerebral palsy besides writing.
0: How do you think people see you, and how do you wish people would see you?
1: Um, how do I, like, strangers in general? I feel as if people, once they see the chair, people will judge me automatically. But once I start talking and they get to know me, they're like, wow, this girl's average, which is which is fine. But I wish people would know from the beginning that I am average and I am normal. The only thing that's different about me is that I use a wheelchair as my legs. That's what I wish people would see me as a girl in a wheelchair that just uses the chair because of her legs, not because she's sick, not because she's um, mentally, um, in their words, sick, not because she's, um, uh, not because she has the condition at all, so I wish people saw me better in that way. For those that don't know me, for those who do know me personally, they know I'm the social butterfly, and I bring the life to the party. I'm just saying, I could go to anybody's party, and I'll be dancing, having a grand old time.
0: What adaptations have you made to the world around you?
1: One would have to be my 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 wheelchair helps me get through through the day. Another one would have to be like I don't my walker sometimes. Well, not gadgets that I've made, but gadgets that people have made for me. You know, my wheelchair and my walker and my computer cuz I use my computer to write down and jot down ideas. So my computer, my iPad, my iPhone, anything that I can just simply write something, that's what helps me get through the day, besides my wheelchair so.
0: So you don't use a typewriter to write your books and things?
1: (laughs) I have a MacBook Pro that I have folders of ideas that I have had. And I have—I don't know if you consider this to be a device, but for my birthday, my mom got me like this writer's journal that I take, and if I see something outside, I jot it down because I don't like bringing my computer places. And then when I come home, I type it up. So,
0: if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say at the pearly gates?
1: I, I would like—I would—I would like to hear God say, "You made—you made it through." through the world's toughest obstacle now here's a glass of southern white uh wine because that's my favorite wine southern white wine and then i would ask him if i could publish a book from heaven about my experiences in heaven and if there there was wi-fi <laughs>
0: <laughs> so first you know like i know we got you know the prelegates and stuff but what's the wi-fi password
1: i don't know i love jesus
0: well that's my last question for you is anything else you want to talk about
1: not really i mean that pretty much covers it and for those people that want to add me on facebook you can go to my facebook fan page called um stomping on cerebral palsy with tylea And for those of you that want to follow my writing, you can go to my website, www.tyleaflores.com, where I post articles every two weeks or so on my life and my experiences with CP and so on and so forth. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at stompingoncp01. And that's all. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Anytime.
0: Thanks so much to Tylia for being on this episode. And thank you for listening. You can find more on Tylia at abilitypodcast.com forward slash Tylia, T-Y-L-I-A. Until next time, keep on rolling.